Monique still joins us now with a roundup of the latest rural news. And Monique, the dairy industry is celebrating today. Yes, that's right, Charlie. After blocking imports of our dairy products, Canada has been told it's been breaking international trading rules and needs to stop. When New Zealand signed the Comprehensive and Progressive Agreement for Trans-Pacific Partnership, or the CPTPP, it gained better access for dairy products into the Canadian market. But last year, the government complained Canada was manipulating quotas to block exporters. An independent panel has ruled Canada has been inappropriately using dairy quotas to keep out exports and to protect its own powerful domestic industry. Dairy Companies Association of New Zealand Executive Director Kimberly Cruther says the ruling is cause for celebration. She hopes Canada makes the necessary changes without delay. It's important that they... Um reform their system and in reforming their system come fully into compliance. So Canada has uh, a history on dairy issues of seeking to create rules that restrict the access. This time they need to do the right thing. Minister for Trade and Export Growth Damien O'Connor says the ruling is significant for New Zealand dairy farmers and the wider industry. Canada has to, of course, make the changes uh, in its management of the quota to ensure that dairy products can get into that market. It's a very valuable market. It has been highly protected for quite some time. So we will expect that Canada now opens the door for New Zealand and other members of the CPTPP uh, to access that dairy market. This is the first complaint made under the CPTPP rules and the first time New Zealand has taken a case under any free trade agreement. Damien O'Connor says it sends a clear message that New Zealand will fight for its rights. It is really important that when you sign a deal, then you honour it. And uh, the World Trade Organisation has an appellant system that is currently logjammed at the moment. But this is a arbitration process through CPTPP. Um, we've followed the uh, access to it and uh, it's ruled in our favour. Mr O'Connor says the Canadian blocking tactics have cost New Zealand exports about $120 million over three years. And some more relief for dairy farmers as international milk prices rise for the first time in four months. At the global dairy trade auction overnight, the average price lifted 2.7% to US dollars a tonne after hitting a near five-year low at the previous auction last month. And the all-important whole milk powder price rose 5.3% to US$2,702 a tonne. Meanwhile, New Zealand's sheep flock is continuing to decline. A beef and lamb survey highlights the impact land use change is having on livestock numbers. Susan Murray has more. It shows the breeding ewe flock fell 0.9% in the year to June to 15.3 million ewes. That's over 5 million or 20% fewer than a decade earlier. Beef and Lamb says the breeding flock is an indicator for the future flock size and it's likely to continue dropping partly because of land use change. In July, Beef and Lamb released analysis showing 200,000 hectares of sheep and beef farmland had been sold into forestry in the past five years. Insight officer Julian Ashby says the organisation is not anti-forestry, but there needs to be limits on how much forestry can be used to offset fossil fuel emissions in the ETS. On the plus side of the ledger, it's expected there will be slightly more lambs this spring, following good conditions during autumn mating. Meanwhile, the number of beef cattle to June 2023 was estimated at 3.8 million. That's down 2.4% on the year before.
Primary producers are erecting green crosses on the farm gate to show support for those working in food production. Group Your Food Producers NZ is encouraging farmers to support each other, as many feel their image has become tarnished in recent times. Glen Murray sheep and beef farmer Bruce Cameron first saw the crosses on a trip to Germany, where it's expected there are between 10 to 15,000 crosses nationwide. He liked the concept and brought it back to New Zealand. And then when um, the government bought out Hewan, which was you know, taxing Hiwaki Kanoa, which was going to be taxing farmers for their emissions, I thought this was the time for the public to start to understand New Zealand food producers and, and how good they are and get a better understanding of food production in New Zealand. Dairy farmer Rosemary Costa says it's not as aggressive as recent protests where diesel tractors drive into the cities. I mean, everyone has their own, their right to protest however they like, but it was important to us. We're talking about emissions, so driving big machinery around, in this case, didn't make a lot of sense. So it just, it just appealed to us that it was very non-offensive to anyone. Ms Costa says the group supports guidelines to improve environmental outcomes as long as they're workable. We're definitely not anti-regulation, but what we want to see is regulation that actually achieves a really good outcome, whether that's an animal welfare one or an environmental one, but you can't have regulation that just pushes the price of food up and doesn't actually achieve anything. That's Rosemary Costa of Your Food Producers. Better quality wool fleeces arriving on the auction floor have helped lift prices in the past month, but they're still well down on where they need to be. AgriHQ's Mel Crowd explains. The good crossbred wool is consistently making at least $3 a kilo clean in the North Island and up to $3.25 a kilo clean for the best fleeces. The South Island market is just slightly stronger now. That's just due to the easier access of Timaru's scouring plant and we've seen upwards of nearly $3.90 a kilo clean. The best of the second chair wool um, is making the lower end of $3 a kilo clean. There has been a slight lift uh, in the poorer end of the fleeces but still not enough uh, for farmers to see any real value in that wool type. That's Mel Crowd of AgriHQ. And just lastly, a sunflower farm in the UK has had to make an odd request for people to stop taking naked photos in their fields. Stoke Fruit Farm on Hailing Island runs a visitor attraction called Sam Sunflowers. Owner Sam Wilson told the BBC the site has always been popular for photo shoots, but it's always been done respectfully. But this season there have been reports of naked photo shoots since the flower picking fields opened in late July. And that's the rural news for today. Kia pai tera.